Hey, Lewis here. I mean, obviously it's me, right? I'm the only guy who actually runs this freaking show. Anyways, I'm here to tell you about something that I'm working on that I'm really excited about. It's not going to be ready until later this year. However, I'm going to give you the lowdown on it so you can get it for free. Here it is. I am going to be releasing a podcast monetization masterclass. I've been spending the last few months on this, building it, refining it, even training my team on how to use this with our own clients. When it is out and finally published and ready, it will be anywhere from, I'd say, $47 to $197. I'm not sure what I'm going to price it at yet, and there will be a lot of bonuses that go with this course as well. However, the first 100 people who actually raise their hand, say they want it, and actually go through the course and give me good feedback are going to get it for free, okay? So if you want to be one of those 100 people, there will be a link to a page where you can sign up and add your name to it and your email, and then I will send you the 1.0 version of this course when it is out, all right? You'll be one of the first 100 people. Once I hit 100 people, I am shutting it off, and it will be a paid product, and that will be it, all right? So make sure if you want this course for free, be one of those 100 people because that is the only way you will be able to get it for free. All right, that is it. Now back to this episode. I hear this a lot of times. Lewis, I want to launch this podcast, but ultimately what I want to do is speak on stages. And that's something that's happened, I've heard at least a dozen times in, in the past couple of months. Um, and it's because podcasting and stage speaking on stage kind of go hand in hand. So if you're a podcaster who's listening to this and you want to learn how to speak on stage and do it profitably, then I have the interview for you today because my guest is none other than Evolve Benton. If you don't know who Evolve is, she is a speaker, educator, and curator, and she also is the founder of the Speaking for Profit Academy. And what we talk about in this episode is very, very specific to people who want to speak on stage for profits, okay? So if you ever wondered, how can I get paid for gigs and not just do free ones? Um, how to how do I get like a multi-term or multi-month contract with companies? She talks a little bit about how her client created a $35,000 deal, um, a multi-month deal with a company, um, and lots and lots of other specific tactics around finding your favorite or your best types of speaking gigs, um, landing your first how to market yourself, how to use LinkedIn Sales Navigator to, to find these opportunities and much, much more. So you're going to have a blast today if you are looking to learn how to speak for profit with my guest, Evolve Benton. And make sure you check out the show notes for details on her free Facebook group as well as all the other ways to get in contact with Evolve, all right? So without further ado, enjoy this episode with Evolve Benton. In a world where ad costs are continually rising and prospects are getting more and more skeptical about who they can trust, how can you reach new people in a way that's authentic and effective? A place where you can build trust at scale and convert skeptical prospects into raving fans and clients. Hey, my name is Luis Diaz and you're listening to the Podcast Domination Show, the place for entrepreneurs and businesses that want to know how to build a podcast helps them grow their business, get more clients, and build their brand. I appreciate your time. Thanks for joining me. All right, cool. So Evolve, thanks for joining me today on the Podcast Domination Show. Um, you were, you, you kind of stuck out to me when I first connected with you because you teach people how to get paid speaking gigs. I know a lot of people in this space teach people how to get 
pay how to get speaking gigs, but not paid ones in particular. Um, and for my audience, funny thing that popped in my head when I was thinking about this interview was every time I get on a call with somebody who wants to launch a podcast, a a weird kind of side tangent they often get caught up on is how much they want to speak on stage in the next couple of years. And we just talked about that before we jumped on. So, and I don't know how to do that. It's not my expertise. So I'm glad to have you here because I know a lot of people who are listening also have that question of like, hey, I want to use this podcast to speak. Um, so, so yeah, I'm pumped to get into what we're going to talk about today. So thanks for joining me. Thank you so much, Lewis, for the invite. I'm really excited to be here and to talk more about Speaking for Profit Academy. I think that uh, if you have a podcast, you should be speaking on a stage. And if you're speaking on a stage, you should have a podcast, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, we often talk in our program about, you know, it's really this cohesion of being able to provide a space of free talks, but also paid talks, right? And if you send seen like a Venn diagram, like circles on top of each other, you would be in the middle of that, right? Like, and you kind of have to find your balance. So I'm excited to share this with you and to be able to support those podcasters to not only get on a stage, but get high paid speaking engagements. I love it. I love it. Um, So jumping into, let's jump into a little bit about how you got here, because for me, it's, it's a mystery um, cause I don't know anything about your backstory. So this will be new for me too. And how you got into the speaking circuit and teaching people. Let's, let's dive in there and we can just kind of start off with some of the easy questions and, and go from there. Okay. Yeah. Great. Thank you. So about five or six years ago, I actually moved to the Bay area from Los Angeles, which was, uh, a very amazing opportunity for a job, but also for love. I always tell people I moved to the Bay area for love. I moved with my partner and when I got my job, right? It was it was paying probably around 75K. And I was like, that's great. It was way more than I was getting paid in Los Angeles when I was living there. Uh, but when I got here and I looked at our rent, I looked at our bills, I looked at my student loan debt. And then I was like, I'm in a new relationship where actually I need to date this person still, right? We need to go yeah. out and eat and maybe go to a movie. I was like, this job gives me enough money to be able to pay my rent and yeah. eat ramen, but it doesn't really supply anything right. else. So I had to think about what could be a side gig to push that to the next level that wouldn't take up a lot of my time. So, I mean, I looked at everything from selling cans to selling books to selling t-shirts. Um, and what it ended up turning to was speaking. And the reason that this hmm. particularly came up is because um, I have a clinical psychology degree um, and I also have okay. an MFA in creative writing. So when I was in L.A., I was asked to speak on like panels and, you know, various events from organizations that I was connected to. And I knew that I could make a little bit of extra money. But let me tell you, um, Lewis, what really hit me was I got here to the Bay. Someone asked me to come and speak on a panel. I went and spoke and I, I got paid a gift card, you know, a couple of hundred dollars and then they raised almost $1.5 million from the stories that we shared that day, right? Wow. So it was a moment where I was like, okay, maybe I should have advocated and asked for more, the fact that they raised this much money, right? And that I could ask for more. So yeah. um, what really came around for me was the next speaking engagement that I got, it was at a tech company. And it was a Black woman who brought me in to speak on LGBT um, staff support and how to create a more inclusive environment for those folks at mm -hmm. that organization. And I charged her, I believe, 1500 And she said, that's not enough. And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> she was like, you should have asked for more. You should ask for more. 
I'm going to pay you 3000 right? And that was a moment where I was like, okay, not only can I leverage my expertise, but I should be asking for more and I right. really need to investigate this particular field. That is cool. So, so kind of going off of, it's funny. Cause like I had that when I first started too. like, people were like, you're not charging enough. And I'm like, I was scared to charge more. <laughs> so exactly. I totally get that. I totally get that. Um, it's experts curse. You kind of like undercharge and you don't know what you're worth at first, at least. Um, that is a really cool story. So I've, I may be moving to LA. So I think I told you this last time we spoke, I may be moving to LA. So I can only imagine like it's it different. It's different from Miami expense wise. And I know San Francisco to LA is a different, is another jump too. So you get there, you realize like, this is not, this is just not going to work out. If I, if I want to live the lifestyle, I want to live. Um, and then you start looking for other opportunities and being resourceful and kind of leveraging your existing skill sets. Um, which is that clinical, clinical psychology degree, as well as the writing what was, what was it? It's like a minor in writing or what was the MFA? Was it MFA? Or the MFA. That? Yeah. So it's gotcha. a master of fine arts. So yeah, I went to Got school it. too many times, folks who are listening. I have three, <laughs> I have actually have three degrees. So yeah, I have a lot of expertise. Um, but I think what was really important for me was like, I want to speak about things that also create impact. Mm -hmm. uh, so for me as a, I consider myself a diversity, equity, inclusion expert, had already been doing this on my job, right? The job that I was hired to bring here to, to, to be in the Bay Area was an equity and inclusion job. So I wanted to be parallel to be able to not only uh, make money, but impact people's experiences and lives as well. Gotcha, gotcha. So leveraging those those skills that you spent a lot of money for um, and then getting out into speaking. So for me, and I'll, I kind of speak for all the podcasters here, it's like, we know we can connect with people on social media. We know we can connect with people maybe on networking events. But outside of that, I know for me personally, I haven't done a lot of like extensive looking or finding or trying to figure out how to set myself up to get paid speaking gigs. Um, so when we talk about taking our expertise and our skills and knowledge and then turning that into a profitable speaking career, this is maybe a loaded question, so we can feel free to ask, like, tackle this however you want. But like, where do you begin with that, um, and how does one kind of get started if they're a podcaster right now and they've got expertise but they have no idea how to turn that into a paid speaking gig? I love it. I love it. That is a big question, right? Yeah, like, how yeah, do we get started? Where Where's the first <laughs> space that we start? So I think the, the first thing is really like confidence and saying to yourself that you're a speaker. I think a podcaster is one way of calling yourself a speaker, but stepping into the fact that you have a message that you want to share with the world, mm -hmm. right? So at Speaking for Profit Academy, my online coaching program, we spend a lot of time in the beginning of the program, really like uh, nourishing people to believe in themselves and to build that confidence because you have to be able to call in your money back prophecy, which is one of the first activities that we have our students do, right? Which is based on how much money are we really trying to field in this side gig or this new career, no matter how you're navigating speaking. Because what I find out is that a lot of times the offers that we want to create, we want to create offers that leverage what we want to get paid, but that also create impact. So we start with confidence, your money back prophecy, how much money you're trying to be, bring in. And then we look at your interests, right? We really want to speak about things that we're passionate about, things that we love, things that we uh, feel really connected to, right? Things that make us make our heartbeat, 
right? That's what I always say. And things that are going to create change and impact in the world. We don't want to just speak about the same things that people are speaking about over and over again. Uh, so I say, sit with that for a moment. What do you want to speak about? People always give me a cheesecake factory menu of things they want to talk about. So at our, at Speaking for Rob for the Academy, really support people with narrowing that down to two to three offers, right? And that's super important because you need to figure out what works. So I always tell people, we can go out and start talking about, let's say myself, I talk about like supporting LGBT people. Maybe I talk about writing from the heart. And maybe another thing is like self-love and the practice in that. Yeah. I try all of those and figure out which one I'm more aligned with. And then I figure out what industry is going to actually pay me that back. Mm, right. Because gotcha. once we figure out, OK, some people might say, I just want to make an fi extra five hundred dollars a month. Right. I'm like, cool. Well, let's start at universities in K through 12 because we know they've got the money and they can make the impact based off of your interests. But right. some other people will say, I want to make ten thousand or twenty thousand dollars a month. And then I'm like, OK, well, now we need to look into health care. Maybe we need to look into tech. Maybe we need to look more into business or larger national or international conferences right. that are actually going to pay you that money. Gotcha. Got it. Okay. So confidence, huge piece there. I can totally see how that is. Even in podcasting, same thing. It's like you can, the words you say, don't really matter. It depends on more how you say them and where it's coming from. So, um, that's a huge piece. I can see how that could be a long, a long part in itself. Um, and having a coach to actually facilitate that confidence piece, huge. Cause it, it doesn't come very easy if you're trying to do it on your own, as well as if you, I mean, like we all have kind of like the mental self, that self-talk in the back of us telling us like, you can't do this. Who are you? Who are you to do this? Um, are you qualified, et cetera, et cetera. Um, exactly. And it ends up holding people back. There's so right. many people that I've worked with, so many of my students who wanted to speak for years, right? I'll ask them, how long have you been wanting to communicate this message to the world? And they'll say 10 years, five years. And I'm like, well, why haven't you done it? And one of the main things is like, I'm afraid. I don't I don't know how to start. I'm scared. Right. Yeah. So mm -hmm. if we can build that confidence. Not only does it get us to the next level of actually speaking, but I always tell people the best marketing that you can ever have as a speaker is a good talk. You can have an amazing website. You can have a great press kit. But if your talk is not with confidence and it doesn't yeah. lead with that, you're not going to get called back and you're not going to want to do it again. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's that's even with like podcast guesting. Like, for example, I had a bad I had a, I had a good call with someone earlier today, but the Internet was kind of crappy. And I'm like, that's that kind of affected my confidence because now it's like, man, like that was great. But the Internet issues and all this, I'm going to get called back. Someone going to they going to want me to be back on their show. So that kind of is the same thing what you're talking about here inside of speaking and having a really, really good talk. So. I'm curious for you, do we start next is like, once we've got that confidence piece, is it next finding out, figuring out the industry that we're going to, it's going to kind of suit our goals or is it developing that signature, signature talk, or is it kind of developing both of those things in unison as we're going through the process? What does that look like? Definitely. So I would say in order we would do, right. We would figure out our confidence, figure out our money, right. What are we trying to bring in? Then we think about industry and interest together, right? Like, what interest do I have and what industry does that align with where I can figure out a problem to solve for them? Because just like in any other business, as speakers, we're problem solvers, right? So people come to me and say, hey, Bob, I've been in business for 10 years and I really want to talk to young business owners 
about entrepreneurship and not burning out. And I'm like, oh, that's a great topic. Well, how much do you want to get paid? And they're like, hey, $1,000 a month would be cool. I'm like, okay, well, let's look at the industries that we want to align ourselves with. And they'll be like, let's start with startup companies. Oh, that sounds great, right? So we'll look at their personal network first, because what I've learned as a speaker is your first 10 to 15 speaking engagements are already people that you know. Right. And if we can start with people that know and that already love us, we can go in with a lot more confidence. We can get an amazing testimonial and we probably can get connected to other networks so that we get reoccurring speaking engagements. That is huge. So so podcast domination listeners, if you're listening to this right now and you're like, I don't know where to begin. I'm like that, too. I'm like, I don't know where to begin to find these speaking gigs, let alone how much money I need to charge. You just said something really huge there of all, which was the first 10 to 15 speaking gigs are going to be within your existing network. So if you're a podcaster, you probably already have a leg up because you've been interviewing people or possibly no other podcasters who have speaking events or some kind of conference or some kind of networking event that you could speak at. Um, now, that is huge. The first 10 to 15, I know for me personally, my network, I probably got like 20 or 30. Like, I'd be a great testimonial for you. Well. I think you got 40 or 50, <laughs> Lewis, to be honest with you. You got a lot of people in your network, right? Yeah. And now it's just really you aligning with who do you want to speak with, right? And right. that's not come, going at it with that lack mindset. A lot of people I'll talk to and they're like, how am I going to find the speaking engagements? I've never really struggled with finding speaking engagements. What I've struggled mm. with is finding people that I actually align with. Yeah. Right. And that's what's even more important is that this gives us an aspect of freedom. We can decide who we want to work with and who we don't want to work with and make sure that it really is aligned with our business and our message. That's a great question. So I'm sure like in the program inside this, um, is it PFA, Profitable Speaker Academy? Is that the right? Am I saying the right? Speaking for Profit Academy. Speaking for Profit. I got the wrong. S4P. Got S4P. Got it. Inside of S4P, how do you guys, um, if you give us, give me an overview of like, how do you guys set, like set that bar of like, here's who I'm aligned with, here's who I'm not aligned with. Because I'm sure... We, like you said, like there's there's 10 to 15 probably a low-hanging fruit in terms of um, speaking engagements out there for most people. Uh, and then I'm sure not all of those are going to align with the people inside of your, you know, in, in terms of how, what they want to, what they're speaking for. So how does one go about kind of filtering through those lists of, of potential speaking gigs? Definitely. So I think once we figure out our speaking engagements, who are going to be those first 10 to 15, right? Yeah. We go in, we see if we can actually like acquire a speaking, a paid speaking gig, because sometimes our network wants to wants us to pay for free, right? Like speak for free, no free game over here, at least not on that strategy. Uh, but I think that the way that we really decipher what is for us is by experience, right? So we have folks go through and build their own pre and post talk ritual, And the pre-talk ritual is all based on your body, getting connected to your body, getting warmed up, getting ready to speak, drinking some water, making sure you have a good meal. But the post-talk ritual really asks you those questions on reflection. How did I feel speaking at the speaking engagement? What came up in my body? Did the organizer pay me on time? Were they communicative in their emails? Is this someone I want to speak with again, right? And then that's when we're able to really realize who are the people we're aligned with. Um, I always tell my students also when you're on the call, right, you're on a console call usually to bring in these speaking engagements to talk to people, figure out if you can solve their problem. That's a great time to ask them questions and to interview them. Right. Like if you know, in particular, you don't want to go into environments where there's conflict. Right. A lot of people actually come in and speak 
like especially when you're doing diversity, equity, inclusion work, come fix us. That's really what they want you to do. (laughs) It's really important that during that console call, you ask them those questions of, well, has anyone else ever came in and spoke? How long have you been dealing with this problem? Right. Really assessing. Is that a climate that you want to go in and speak at? That's huge. That is huge right there, because uh, some of the topics may be inherently, you know, they may inherently just raise conflict or like put you in a position as a speaker where you don't want to be in, where it's like you're kind of like you're getting paid to speak, but then you end up doing all this other stuff on the on while you're there, which is kind of extra and not really what you want to what you signed up for. Um, yeah, also, or you end up undervaluing yourself, right? Because right. you didn't ask really what the people needed, right? They just right. said, hey, Louis, we want you to come in, but you didn't ask them really what their needs were. So you yeah. might go in and think you can just do a simple workshop and then you're there for an extra hour or two uh, because people are panicking or breaking down and you didn't really realize the climate you were going in. Yeah, that's that's a huge, huge piece. So so that pre-interview call, that pre-speaking like speaking engagement calls where like you're you're fielding out all those questions. Um, another piece that I'm, I'm probably blanking on right now, I'm thinking it's like leaving my mind as I'm trying to pull it up. It's weird. Um, I was trying to think of, oh, here we go. So offers, you mentioned like your speaking topics are pretty much like offers, like you're solving problems with those, which is not something I've heard other people who speak talk about, where it's like you're forming those those key talks, those signature talks, if you will, around problems that you're going to solve in that talk right um so talk i, I kind of if, if we're recycling for rewinding back a bit um i definitely i apologize but in terms of coming up with those calls or those um or those speaking kind of headlines or punchlines for that are going to solve problems what does that process look like if you will if i'm a podcaster who's already talking all the time are you asking your organic marketing or your organic facebook audience these kind of questions to figure out what you can make your talks around or how are you kind of filtering through besides just asking yourself like, Hey, what do I like? What is it that I like to talk about in, you know, for speaking? Definitely. So this is a great question. Um, Lewis, I, I love when people ask me this cause I'm always like, this is really like the icing on the cake. <laughs> so once we figure out our industry right, and our interests, right? We know who we want to speak to. We know what we want to speak about. What we have the ability to do is to look and see what is the industry talking about, right? That's the reason that we even come up with that section. So I can go on national websites for conferences and see what are they talking about in the breakout rooms? What are they talking about during those keynote presentations, right? What are the top people in that industry aligned with? What problems are they solving? And that's usually how I'll base my first offers, right? I really want to base it off of what am I interested in? And also, what is the industry talking about? But once we put those offers out there and we get on those console calls to have those conversations, or you can call them discovery calls. Some of my students call them discovery calls. That's when we really can figure out the problems that we're solving, right? Because people come to you because you put an offer out there. But when you get on the call, you realize, hey, actually, they wanted me to come in and do a writing workshop on development. But really what I need to do is come in and actually do a whole healing retreat with these people based off of the problems that they've told me on the call. So the other thing that I want folks to know is we don't create talks without being paid. Right. This is the same thing as if you're in um, the industry that Lewis and I are in as far as coaching. We don't create offers. Right. Without validating them. So you might go into a call with people that want you to come and speak 
And you might have not already created that presentation. And that's great as long as you have the expertise and you're aligned and you're able to make it happen. What you're doing is really assessing what they need so that you can build the product or the talk or the training or the facilitation to be able to fix it on the other end. Got it. That's a huge, huge piece you just mentioned there is like, we don't make the talk before we get paid. So it's like, you know, coming up with all this work and putting yourself through a ton of ton of hours of, of writing and, and practicing before get, actually getting paid. Um, that for me, I didn't really think of that. I thought you had, I actually thought you had some of like the, you had the talks already done and then you kind of just fitted the talk to the person or the, the or the, the event. Um, so that's a completely new perspective on that. I want to dive in evolve with like, I'm sure you see a lot of people who've come into your program and said like, they've maybe tried speaking before they've tried to get PhD speaking gigs and they've made mistakes. What are some of the biggest issues or common mistakes you've seen people make who are um, flying solo or just kind of like trying to get speaking gigs um, on their own? Yeah, I think some of the biggest mistakes is the assumption that you have to have everything together before you get started. So a lot of people tell me, I don't have a website yet. I don't have a media package yet. And I'm like, do you have a LinkedIn? Do you have a Facebook page? Do you have some representation of what you do professionally or what you want to show as a speaker? Right. You don't need to have a website with your name and first name dot com. You can simply have a LinkedIn page that people go to with an amazing video of you and a great bio. Right. To get started. You don't have to have a media package that you have someone put together, like actually in Speaking for Profit Academy. I show you how you can create your media package on a Google Doc in about 20 minutes, right? You do not need all of that to get started. So that's one assumption. The other thing is like you said, that you have to have a talk or you have to have done talks for free or 20 or 30 talks for free. And I always right. tell people, have you had a job interview? Most of them are like, yes. If they yeah. went through any school, they've had to present, right? We've all already presented for free several times in our life. And if you're a podcast, you probably do this on a daily or weekly basis. So you right. don't have to validify your expertise as a speaker. So that's number two. And I think the third thing is that they have to start off charging really low, right? Like a lot mm. of people assume like, oh, I can't just step in and charge $10,000. I got to start at five and work my way up. And I always ask people, how do you verify that in the speaking business that you did start off at $500? And people are always like, I don't know how I would verify that. Exactly. Because oftentimes people don't know how much you're being paid. So if mm -hmm. I go to an organization and I say 10, it's 10. They're not asking me, did Kaiser pay you 10? Did this other organization you work with pay you $10,000? <laughs> They're not asking that. They're just verifying their budget and that they can actually bring in that offer and if it aligns with solving their problem. So those are the three biggest things that come up. I love, okay, so that's, that's, that's huge right there. One, the Google doc thing around like all the things we see other speakers have the speaker reel, the speaker page, the, all the pictures and all like that is a head is a headache sometimes and putting that together. Cause I've done that before. Um, and then just being able to charge what you feel you're worth as opposed to like, Oh, I got to start at 500 bucks and work my way up. No, if like, if the company's a fortune 500 company and you have a problem, you can solve their freaking problem. You can probably charge five, $10,000. Who knows, depending on what the problem is and what you're solving. So I really appreciate those insights because we all probably think like you got to kind of start low and then go up. And, you know, I, I've seen people do that and I think it's, it, it does work for someone. I know for a confidence thing, for some people it may help as well, but like you don't have to do that if you're not someone, if you, maybe you don't have the time or you don't have like the, 
you don't have time to spend a year at getting paid 500 bucks for per, per talk. You may just need to like, Hey, I can need I need to create an extra $5,000 this month and I can do it by solving this company's problems. Um, so, uh, I, I want to dive into a lot of people. Also, we covered a lot of good ground here in terms of like the, in terms of the pitch and finding speaking gigs. We mentioned the organic audience. Say I like for me, example, I've got 4,900 people on my Facebook friends list is that the best place for me to start? Like just putting out a post or, um, or maybe going on LinkedIn? Like what does the fielding, what does the process look like in terms of fielding those offers and putting my feelers out there with my existing organic network? Definitely. So you can definitely use your Facebook. You can use your LinkedIn, right? And let them know that you're thinking about speaking. I always say that people love a story. Right. So one thing is us reaching out to others for speaking engagements. The other is end is people coming to us. So the more that you post that you're speaking, that you're practicing, that you're preparing, the more people see you. So when you actually put out that booking post and say, hey, I'm booking for fall or I'm booking for winter, the more people will come to you and be like, hey, I'm aligned with that. But my powerhouse, the thing that I love to use is LinkedIn. And we actually utilize and teach people in the program to use LinkedIn Sales Navigator, which is a back end of of LinkedIn. It's kind of like a premium product where you're able to narrow down people based off of all of their demographics. So we can look at it. If you said, I want to speak to organizations that have a small amount of people. Some people want to get more intimate, right? 50, you know, 50,000 to, to, you know, zero, right? And some people are like, I want to speak to organizations that have a million, a million staff members. We can break it down based on that on LinkedIn Sales Navigator. But what I love about it more than even the demographics is the fact that LinkedIn is a warmer lead. Right. So I could put in on those demographics, everyone who went to Dillard University and shouts out to anyone who went to a historically black college. Right. Anyone who went to Dillard University who now is in the financial industry. Right. Mm -hmm. Those people that went to Dillard because I went there are more likely to answer me. Right. More likely to connect with me on LinkedIn and more likely to bring me in, even if we didn't go to school at the same time. Right. So this is a way warmer lead than doing a lot of what people do is a lot of email outreach, which Mm -hmm. I feel like fails all the time because it's just so cold. It might go into a spam folder. It can go anywhere. Whereas LinkedIn, you can come on my page. You can see the latest quote I put up. You can see a picture of me. You can see a video. You can see a training I've done, an article I've written. You can see the last podcast episode that I did. It's all there on one page and people can just click and get to know me. I really, really love that insight. It's LinkedIn Sales Navigator. I've never used it before, but I've heard good things about it. Any other tips around um, outreach that you guys go over in the academy that you think would be awesome for people to know here? Oh, in particular is to use your podcast as leverage when you're reaching out to prospects, right? So if I have an amazing episode that I did on my podcast or which is Boy Meets Wellness, if you want to check that out. That's B-O-I, as in Born Obviously Incredible, meets wellness. I will put that episode or snippet of that when I'm reaching out to prospects. Mm -hmm. So let's say I'm saying, hey, I would love to come and speak at your organization for Pride Month, right? Pride is coming up. Check out this episode that I did with UC Santa Cruz, where I was talking about how to support LGBT in their career, LGBT folks in their career search, right? Mm-hmm. And I'll put a snippet of that episode in there so that they can get an idea of my speaking style and also see that I'm a professional and I have confidence and then I'm ready to go. 
I love that. So leveraging, most people here have a podcast. So leveraging the podcast, huge, huge, huge piece. Easy, easy enough. We can all do it. Um, and then using a snippet of an episode that's recent or that's relative to the content that you're going to be talking about. Um, that's helpful. That's, that's a game changer right there. Um, evolve. So, so my last question here, before we let people know where they can find you and where they can connect with you. And then also guys, there will be show notes below this. So there'll be links to, um, to evolve to where you can, you guys can connect with her. But is there anything I didn't ask you that I should have asked you around speaking for profit, um, or anything else? Definitely. You know what? I, I, one, I want to really thank you for this interview because it's been an amazing opportunity to connect and get to know you more. And I think that one thing to think about, right, when it comes to speaking for profit is that there's various ways you can speak. Now, Lewis, I know we spoke a lot about speaking from the stage, but I want everyone to know that you can also speak in a conference room, right, with the organization on a very intimate level, or you can build out residencies where you go into an organization. You maybe spend half a year or a year with them where you're going in monthly to hold space or to put on a particular training or facilitation. So I want folks to know when we're saying speaking for profit, we're talking about podcasting, we're talking about masterclasses, we're talking about training and facilitation, anywhere where you're using your voice to create income and impact that's speaking for profit, not just sharing a stage with folks, which is amazing. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing like a powerhouse keynote. But there's also nothing like being in an intimate workshop with folks. So if you're interested in doing that as well, we do support people with facilitation skills and being able to put on those more intimate events also. That's that's something I didn't think about at all. Um, the the different types of speaking, like you're mentioning master classes, workshops, retreats, um, are now starting to become I I've seen them pop up more and more. And then I think that you called it a residency where you're kind of doing work long term and coming in monthly with a company where a lot of these big companies, like they have money in the budget for that. Like they can pay for that shit. And if you can supply it and really uh, be that person for them, then that's an amazing, amazing amount, like side income or full time income, if you will. Um, yeah. And they'll like, bring you back in, you know, consistently. Right. One of our students recently got a contract with Indeed, actually, to go in and do oh, wow some wellness workshops for them for six months, right? And they're paying them like 35K, right? That is amazing. And they still have a full-time job. So it definitely can be uh, that side gig to be able to support you in paying off debt, right? Like I've been able to pay off a lot of debt, took my credit score from 500 to the upper 700s. And I love my job. I love my day job, but that's not the reason I was able to do that. What really created the most impact was was this side gig in speaking. That is, that's a huge point I want to note out here. Like a, a lot of, a lot of entrepreneurs on this show, but the fact of the matter is you you mentioned this there. There's like, even if you don't, you don't need to be an entrepreneur or someone who's like doing, doing this, whatever you're doing full time, like you can have a day job. Um, and there's a lot of people I know who are like smarter than most of the entrepreneurs I know <laughs> that have day jobs and like they work at these companies, but I'm like, man, like if they could speak or if you could speak and still get paid at your day job, like that's an amazing one-two punch for like changing your life, changing the amount of people you impact and ultimately um, really transforming it like the trajectory of where you and your family are going in the next five, 10, 20 years, which is at my core. I know for me, what really what I, what I do it all for. Um, so, so I love it. So thanks again of all for kind of sharing that last piece. Uh, Cause I completely forgot and didn't do justice around mentioning the fact that like, 
you know, this can be a side hustle and you could still keep your day job while making an extra, like you said, like your, your client, like going into indeed for six months and then getting a 35 K uh, contract. That's, that's not bad to add to your bottom line for a year. It's not. And it makes it just more sustainable. Right. So what we're <laughs> big at speaking for profit Academy about is like, yes, we want to build profitable speaking business, but we want to build things that are sustainable. Right. Many of us who are who are wanting to speak come from jobs and environments that maybe didn't value us as much. And this is our key to freedom. This gives us an opportunity to really build some sustainability out of our life. And I mean, Lewis, you know, it. it's nothing like that reoccurring income. Right. Mm -hmm. It's great to have a one off speaking engagement or even a one off you know, contract with a client. But when you can get something reoccurring, you can really build some sustainability for yourself. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's. That is a holy grail of, um, I don't know, maybe business per se, but like that's the holy grail of kind of, I think for speaking gigs, and I know for, for me Eric, as an agency, as a service provider, that's what you want, right? That's kind of helps you, you know, have a little bit, a little bit more, um, peace and tranquility at night when you sleep. So <laughs> exactly. That's, that's always nice. So evolve, um, where can people find out more about you, learn more about the Academy and, um, just get in touch with you. Definitely, folks. So you can find me on Facebook. Just put in Evolve Benton and follow my personal profile. Or you can head over to EvolveBenton.com. That's E-V-O-L-V-E-B-E-N-T-O-N.com. And just click Speaking for Profit Academy. And that'll take you over to our free Facebook group. I do live trainings every week. And you also have an opportunity to get our new ebook, which is Speaking for Profit 101 in that space as well. So it will be an honor to have you in the space and to get to know you and to be able to support you in Speaking for Profit and building a profitable and sustainable speaking business. Love it. Evolve, thanks again. For, for those wondering, we'll have the link to the Facebook group in the show notes. So if you're on Apple, an Apple device, just swipe up. Or if you're in somewhere where you can read the show notes, just go to the show notes and then Evolve's Facebook group, the free one will be there um, for you to check out. So thanks again, everyone. Thank you. Appreciate you.